Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, November 15th. On this date in 1864, Union forces led by Major General William Sherman began their march to the sea from Atlanta. That campaign ended with the capture of Savannah on December 21st. And here is your Wednesday morning trivia. On this date in 1937, members of the House and Senate enjoyed something they'd never had before in their chambers. Can you guess what that new addition was? I'll have the answer coming up. But first, let's have a look at that Wednesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovai. Starting out with lots of clouds out there. And grab the umbrellas just in case. A mainly dry start to our day with temperatures in the 50s. We'll climb into the 60s and a hold in the mid to upper 60s from lunchtime through this afternoon. And may have to dodge a couple of raindrops this afternoon into this evening as well. We're in a pattern where there will be a little bit of rain at time, but not particularly wet any day going forward for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, rain chance just up slightly from today at 71 75 we'll start to get some sunshine i think returning to the area by friday and then the rain chance really fades away as we head into the weekend with temperatures in the 70s saturday upper 60s on sunday you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader live five news now let's get to your morning headlines first look at how the Charleston Police Department put recommendations from the racial bias audit into effect. For some background, the department con- contracted a company to do a racial bias audit of the department back in 2019. More than 70 recommendations came from that audit, the last being a third-party review to look at how they implemented those recommendations. Now, yesterday, we heard from that third-party group. As our Molly McBride reports, the group says the department has put the majority of those recommendations into action, but it still has some work to do when it comes to eliminating racial disparities. To be specific, today's presentation showed the department can clearly document putting over 80% of recommendations into action, with roughly 16% still in progress and 3% without sufficient evidence of being implemented. It also showed the department has improved data collection dramatically since 2019 and made community policing a central part of their operations. What we heard today was that there has been progress and uh, it validates some of the things that we know, the, the, the department being having done a, a yeoman's job in improving its data collection uh, can now move us to a level of analysis. Also kind of disturbing to hear uh, that there continues to be racial disparities. The group's analysis also showed black drivers are stopped and warned at a higher rate than they would expect given their proportion of Charleston's population and that black drivers appear to be surged at disproportionate rates compared to white drivers. For example, when a white driver is searched for probable cause, contraband is found roughly 70% of the time, but when a black driver is searched for probable cause, contraband is found only 53% of the time. But now the department seems to be in a position to have the data to actually address those in in a direct manner. Charleston Police Chief Cheeto Walker said although the report shows remarkable progress so far, the department will continue to look for ways to grow and improve. We listen to criticism. We're in the business that we have to, okay, and we embrace it, and that's not going to change. That was our Molly McBride reporting. Now, this is just a piece of the over 260-page report that you can find and read for yourself. You can look under this web story at live5news.com. Well, remember that story we brought you about a car driving in the pedestrian lane of the Ravenel Bridge? 
Well, the Charleston Police Department says that there were no additional safeguards to prevent that from happening because they didn't even think it was possible. CPD is now working with the State Department of Transportation to determine what the pedestrian lane needs. Officials say they're looking to balance both the operational and safety aspects of the walkway, with a movable barricade being a possible solution. Officers say they're using that incident where no one was hurt as a learning experience to make sure everyone feels safe while crossing the bridge. Hundreds of car break-ins happen every year in the low country, and multiple law enforcement agencies tell us one main thing to blame, leaving your car unlocked. It's a crime of opportunity. Someone sees something they like inside of your car, they open the door, and they take it. In Somerville's Weatherstone community, police say at least eight cars were broken into, seven of which were unlocked. Police made four arrests in connection to those recent break-ins, but they're still happening. Officers say the best way to prevent yourself from becoming a victim it's to lock your car doors and don't leave valuables unattended unattended or in plain view to begin with. A judge says the jailhouse phone calls of a suspected mass murderer in Colleton County, those jail calls will not be released for now. Ryan Manigo is the man facing nearly two dozen charges and the deaths of six people earlier this year, including his own 11-year-old daughter. Last month, Manigo's calls were ruled to be public, and his legal team appealed the decision, asking for a stay on their release. Because that appeal, appeal was granted, another hearing will be held to discuss the release of the calls. A tentative date for the hearing is set for December 6th. Mount Pleasant shrimpers are working to fight a process called dumping, which prioritizes imported shrimp over local product. Yesterday, town council met to discuss what can be done as local shrimpers worry their businesses will be squashed by larger corporations. What used to be hundreds of working shrimp boats lining Shem Creek is now somewhere between 1 and 20. Locals say that they're asking for a fair chance to compete. The local governments, federal governments, get a little more involved in trying to help these shrimpers and we can continue to always have local shrimp here in Charleston. Town Council is asking Governor Henry McMaster and the U.S. Secretary of Commerce to declare an economic disaster in order to help protect the local industry. We have reached out to McMaster's office for comment, and we're told they would provide a comment later on. Charleston City Council is reviewing ongoing stormwater and drainage projects throughout the city. The Department of Stormwater Management says two of the five most important items involve contracts for work on the final phase of the Spring Fishburn Drainage Project and the Church Creek Resilience Project. The council will review those contracts on Monday and install a water pump to flush out flood water downtown much faster. The department also plans to bring in park space and other amenities. Church Creek, we're able to do add park space. We're able to bring back these wetlands that used to be kind of the features before a lot of the subdivisions came in that help manage the water. So it's a chance to bring in some grant funding. It's a chance to bring amenities to the neighborhood as well as flood reduction. You know, downtown, we're in a, a much higher land cost area um, where it's very hard to buy large, very large pieces of land and demolish homes. Um, but we also have a little more elevation in some areas downtown uh, on the ridges. And then on the periphery where we don't have elevation, we do get pushed into pump stations, which are basically taking um, a large amount of money and then using the energy from pumps to move that water out. You can find the full agenda for the projects and detailed price breakdowns on our website by clicking on this story.
Well, with the holiday season right around the corner, it's time for giving and volunteering, and the Salvation Army is asking you to do just that. The organization is in need of volunteers for its biggest fundraiser, known as the Red Cattle Campaign. You've probably seen it, and it kicks off at the end of this week. The donation from the campaign helps fund all of the charitable programs the Salvation Army provides to the community. My Five's Destiny Kennedy joins us live in West Ashley at the Salvation Army Church of Charleston. So, Destiny, what goal do organizers hope to reach this year? Good morning. Good morning, Katie and Shelby. Organizers hope to raise $150,000, which is why volunteers are so crucial to this campaign. The Salvation Army of Charleston serves Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties. The organization needs volunteers to ring the bells at the Red Kettles this Christmas season. The annual campaign is the Salvation Army's primary fundraising initiative. The donations fund programs and services for the community throughout the year, including food assistance programs, emergency financial assistance for utilities and rent, youth programs, and disaster response. Volunteers will be tasked with showing up with a smile to their assigned locations and thanking people when they give a donation. The jingling of the bell lets people know you are there. Then the Salvation Army will come to collect the red kettles. I had the opportunity to speak with Captain Mike Michaels, who is the Corp Officer for the Salvation Army of Charleston. He breaks down the huge role volunteers play in making programs like this successful. We can't do what we do without people volunteering. And there's all different levels. Of course, our donors who volunteer by giving us money or, or by sponsoring a kettle, uh, but also folks that come and ring our bells, that come in and uh, help out with our Angel Tree program. And year-round, we have volunteers that come and help us at our Boys and Girls Club, volunteers that help out keep our infrastructure up. So volunteers are a huge part of the Salvation Army. It literally takes an army of volunteers. On your screen are the details of volunteer opportunities. Friday, November 17th is the start date. The end date is December 23rd. Volunteer days are Monday through Saturday. The organization has been approved by most Walmart locations and the Hobby Lobby stores in Mount Pleasant and River Avenue. Reporting live in West Ashley, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Today, Trident United Way's 23rd annual Days of Caring event officially kicks off. The event runs through Friday and supports many nonprofit organizations right here in the Lowcountry. Our Autumn Klein joins us live in the newsroom to tell us more about the event and who it's benefiting. Good morning, Autumn. Yeah, Shelby, Katie, the Days of Caring event is the largest community service event in the Tri-County area. What started as just one day of caring is now three days of caring to offer more options for volunteers and to deliver a greater impact to the community. For the event, Trident United Way matches nonprofits and schools with volunteer teams to help complete important projects that these organizations may not be able to take on alone. This year, there are over 64 agencies doing 123 projects with 38 volunteer teams. This means that over 2,000 people in the community are participating. Just a few of the volunteer opportunities of this year include building a home for Habitat for Humanity, stocking shelves for the Low Country Food Bank, and cleaning up the outside of the Sherman House, but there are many more. Trident United Way states that the goal is for these volunteers to advance the missions of these agencies and even create long-term community partnerships. The Days of Caring event begins today and will continue on through Friday. 
You can find a link to register to volunteer with Trident United Way under this story on Live5News.com. Live in the newsroom, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date, back in 1937, the U.S. House and Senate members enjoyed something they'd never had before while they were in session. It was on that date that they met in air-conditioned chambers. Even lawmakers need to keep their cool, right? Celebrating birthdays on this Wednesday, actor Sam Waterston is 83. Actress Beverly D'Angelo from National Lampoon's Vacation is 72. Former Tonight Show band leader Kevin Eubanks is 66, and NCIS actor Sean Murray is 46. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Life 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.